Welcome back to the beautiful sound of Under the Yakaranda. I'm sitting here today without my co-host Diwa, but we have Alton Duplessy, former Primarius, on the mic with me. So, uh, Alton, it's a privilege to have you on. How have you been? I've been very good. Thank you, Petrus. It is an absolute pleasure to be here, to be back in this wonderful residence where I haven't been since last year, March. Um, so, yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to be back here. Oh, no, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, so, just quickly, for those of you who don't know, Alton served as the Primarius of Eendracht in 2020, and with his leadership qualities and excellent orating, led the house in these unprecedented times when leadership was needed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So a lot of the guys listening already know you, obviously, but for all the alumni or newcomers tuning in, before obviously ending up in the bunker as Prim, where did you stay in Eendracht? What did you study? And how would you just rate your time here? Okay, cool. So um, I came into Eendracht first year 2017, room two in year 17. Um, studied BCom Law, uh, from year 17, went one floor up to Stopper, I think room 2042, something like that. Uh, and then 2019, Haka of Stopper, once again, very cliche, year 17, Stopper, all that. <laughs> um, and then got my degree, was fortunate enough to be elected prim, um, moved over to the bunker and then unfortunately moved home due to <laughs> COVID. <laughs> Okay, oh, that, that was unfortunate. But I mean, how would you like rate those three months that you had as prim? I mean, obviously, if you could redo it now, you would have the whole year. But how was that initial time for you? Yeah, I mean, Yenrach yeah, as a whole was quite life-changing for me. I think w whenever you move from a space like high school to university, it's quite a big shift. But when you come into an environment that sort of builds this excellence into you like Yenrach. I think that's very empowering. Um, and I tried to, from my first year, be involved with various committees, do as many things as I could within res. And I think that's sort of how I got the most out of it. And it definitely taught me lots of cool skills. Um, being prim, obviously, it's a big thrill. Uh, it's this massive privilege that you have. Um, and even though I only had... Well, I mean, I had like six months, but I missed out some of the fun stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it was really, really fun. Um, and, and I think that's sort of if I could tell someone thinking about applying to Yenrach or even reminisce with people who were here, just sort of focus on those fun stuff because that's the things you're going to remember. Okay, now that's great. Um, so speaking about that, looking back at your time, you obviously also served initially just on the Oko and then as Prim and you coming in as a first year, then going through all these positions, like you said, all the committees, what would you say, both on a personal level, but also for the residents, uh, what were like the biggest changes that, that you saw? How did the residents change from coming in to, to leaving and how did you change? Ben? Okay, um, so in terms of the residents, I think people speak a lot about the residents changing in that certain things we do change a lot. But I think what sort of connects all Yenrachters over eras, sort of the, the heart of the place, if I can put it like that, the commitment to excellence, um, the idea of personal growth. Um, and, and I think we sort of have to get away from the mindset where we think that, okay, if we have quaddies in February or in June, that's sort of a massive change. Um, there have been certain changes. I mean... Um, Obviously, I think certain things were done away with um, through, through, throughout my time in residence, uh, certain of the more 
um, sort of unwelcoming stuff that happened during welcoming, those types of, of things we're done away with. But I don't think the essence of the place has changed. And I think that's what makes it quite powerful, that even though you have all of these changes that are sort of nominal changes, if I can put it like that, the basic heart of the place stays the same. And I think that's what connects everyone. Um, on a more personal level, I think, as I said, I learned a lot of skills through serving on committees. And I think my four years in Yenrach were, in most respects for me, a process of maturing, um, which, which I think is very important because when you leave here, obviously you go into the world of work and yes, you may only be 21, 22, 23, but it is important to have that process of maturing since matric because, I mean, a matric, <laughs> yeah, <actually laughs> you go to yeah. plate, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but, but that's what I love about the place, actually, is that it's interesting to me, um, as, as you know, like I had a brother who was here as well, um, Eve, like six years ago, and everybody who has been here, everybody who we've chatted to on the podcast has a very different idea of what Yendrach is. But the core of it all is the same. So everybody loved the place and everybody has like the same qualities and the people and that they love. But I mean, even for me and you, we have a completely different idea of what this place is. Yeah. I, I live in a completely different time here than you did. But we can still relate about um, like what happened. So I think that's a really cool part of Yendrach, which, which um, makes it so special. Um, but... When you walked in here as a first year, as you said, like, uh, I mean, you, you're still pretty much lost to the world, actually. Did you walk in and think that you, that you could be prim when you walked out? Or was that something that, that came up later? Uh, okay, so funny story, actually, how I ended up at Yendrach. <laughs> Let, let's start with that. Okay, so um, in, in my matric year, Yendrach started doing that prospective leaders, that like head leader function thing. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. and, and I wasn't head leader at my school, even deputy head leader. But then our head leader... Ben Jason, who's also coincidentally <laughs> here now, um, he couldn't be here. So then they said, okay, who's keen to go? Um, so I was like, okay, I'll go. Um, and at that stage, I still had sort of like the cliche Porus thing. Okay, from Porus, you go to Dagbreek or Wolfenhof, yeah. one of those places. And then I walked in here and it was just the super empowering space of like people who really want to make a change in the world. And that was what sort of inspired me to, to apply to be here and then... Um, I was lucky enough to get in, obviously. Um, coming into this place, I wouldn't say that I felt that I could be prim. No, I don't think so. I think it was very interesting for me walking in and seeing everyone walk fast. And you immediately got the sense of, okay, this is a place where, you know, you've got to keep up. Yeah. You can't sort of slack here, not just keep up the walking, but sort of keep up in mm -hmm. life in general. Um, and I think I always had the aspiration that I wanted to go into leadership and there, that I wanted to be um, in the room where it happens, mm. <laughs> if I can put it like that. It, yeah. um, but I, I wouldn't say that I walked in and I thought, okay, no, I'm going to be prim of this place in four years. No, okay. I don't think no, so. No, that's cool. Uh, it's actually funny that you mention it because I was still, and I might be crucified for this, but I was still very much between like Dagbrik and Yendrach as well. I mean, I think a lot of people are. And then I came to that same function and I was sitting here and uh, it was, um, I'm trying to think exactly who took me through the halls, but someone took me because I asked him for like a little tour afterwards and they just took me through the place and showed me everything. Um, and it was really just so cool to see the place in the way it was. And then I actually went to Dagbrek as well. But what was really cool is how I love the way the hallways work and how everything is connected. Like it's not these different sections and, and it just felt like this whole place was working together for one thing, um, which, which was really cool to me. And, and I think obviously um, it, it would have been the same for you, but, but 
what was nice for me now is it feels like your dreams are quite big when you walk in here. You think like, okay, where you come from, you're a big dreamer, you have big ambitions. And you walk in here and like suddenly your dreams are so small and you're because everybody around you, I mean, it was probably the same in, in your year yeah, group. Yeah, I mean, they always have that little sort of ceremony thing where they say, okay, everyone that was head boy at the school stands up and yeah. everyone that played provincial sports stand up and everyone that had this average stand up. And I mean, I sat there, I was like, I mean, I was a relative big shot. I yeah. can put it like that in my school, not that big shot, but relatively. And then yeah. you walk in here and it's just, I mean, everyone's a big shot. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. you, you have to, um, I think it shifts your boundaries of what are possible and, and what's expected. Um, because if you come from a place where sort of average marks and average achievement is okay, um, you might be challenged on that and uh, not challenged in a bad way that you're going to feel pushed out because I do think it is quite a welcoming place to people of all different ambitions and all different sort of goals. But I think it just pushes you a little bit to broaden your horizons and what you want to achieve where you might think, okay, I want to be a lawyer in Stellenbosch coming here and you think, okay, no, I want to be the best lawyer in South Africa. Yeah. I think it just shifts your perspective a little bit, which I think is good. Yeah, and uh, so what would you say, uh, I mean, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, but was the, was the thing that you did by the time at the end of, of residence, which you would never think you would be able to do when you walked in here? Like, what's the one thing that the other people really got out of you, if there's something like that? Um, I think, firstly, applying to be prim. Okay. <laughs> I think I would have been so scared to do that. Um, I was really sort of scared of rejection and stuff like that mm. I, I think um That's at, natural, at school especially, especially c coming into this space um but but i think i really grew with within this experience and what i would say i got most out of Indrach is to put yourself out there which is great like you can fail you can get rejected i mean i had like 15 job applications that were rejected yeah. but having the bravery and the courage and the sort of self-assuredness to put yourself out there, I think that I really got from the place. And I think that's so important in a world where, I mean, it's so competitive that if you don't mm. put yourself out there, you're just not going to get no, you're anything. you're never going to. I mean, you have to try and take every opportunity. And I, that's really what this place does. Um, so on a more chill note, you played for the Ultimate Eagles. Do you still enjoy that? I saw you uh, there the other day playing again. Um, and like what Andre, other Indra sports stories do you have or like what sport? Yeah, okay. So um, I played a bit of sport for Eendracht. Um Came out of school, played cricket quite seriously at school. Um, and then came in here, played a bit of res cricket, which was... One quarties in your final year. I'll put that in. Yes, place. yes. One quarties <laughs> in my final year. Choked in my first year. Well, not really choked, but nearly choked. Yeah. Um, still lost in the semis. Um, played a bit of res cricket. Uh, that was a time. It was not nearly as serious as I thought it was going to be, but <laughs> it was super fun. Really enjoyed that. Uh, as you said, in my third year, I think Gary King started um, Ultimate Frisbee in Yendrach. The ultimate eagles um, really enjoyed that that was really super super fun and yes i still enjoy it um really we're hoping the league starts up again um we were doing quite well in the league again um, <laughs> so yeah ach, that was um 
that, that was basically it. I played two games of rugby, injured my knee, and the second one was uh, and the first one was called up for the second one, aggravated the knee injury, and then that was sort of it for my rugby. <laughs> I just want to mention that he played lock in the second game. I found that quite funny. Yeah, <laughs> a lock for the Bunners. <laughs> basically, Evan Etzevedi. That, that was a <laughs> triumph of availability over ability. <laughs> and you mentioned something about where the name came from for the Ultimate Eagles. So. Yeah, okay. So in my second year, I think we started with the uh, competition for the fittest Eendrachter, so the guy who could bench the most, and I think they had wall sit and hanging and pull-ups and whatever, all of those gym things that I never do. That's why <laughs> I don't know the names. Um, and that competition was called the Ultimate Eagle, and it was won by Lodrik Roo, who was also in my section for, for, for two years. Um, he won the, the Ultimate Eagle, and then when Frisbee start, we thought, we thought okay, but... The sport is called Ultimate, or Ultimate Frisbee, as it's colloquially learn, known. And so we thought, but we are the Eagles, so we're just going to call it the Ultimate Eagles and piggyback off of some of the fame yeah. from the guys in the gym. Act like if you guys are the big ones. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, so uh, what was your favorite, like, tour or dance? You know, I mean, if there's multiple, you can... I just want to chat about some of those stuff. Um, so, your f- favorite dance, that, that that's quite difficult. Um Obviously, first year Hayesfawn's dance was quite exciting because yeah. everything's new, everything's like, that was still here in the quad. Um, you're still getting to know everyone, mm. so it's sort of this like, wow experience. Yeah, and uh, the amount of dates to choose from is suddenly <laughs> unreal. <laughs> yeah, and then um, my last house dance I really enjoyed. So that was in 2019, um, the one that run her which which ran horrendously over budget thank you Dara Maria um, and um, yeah that was really really fun um, it was sort of a culmination of everything having been Harker so you had a lot of sort of very good friends at that mm. stage um, after third year a lot of guys leave as well so you feel like like, like last year very few of my friends from first year were left mm. um, but at that stage everyone was still here okay which was awesome. I mean, that I think that's what makes a dance in any case. Yeah, and uh, especially, I mean, Donnie came to that house dance, right? Yes, Donnie yeah, from okay, so on yeah, top you of the table. <laughs> yeah, you can't complain about that. Um, so did you enjoy organizing dances and stuff, or were you more like of an ideation type of guy, or did you like doing the admin and the nitty-gritty stuff? I think I, I enjoyed both. I think w- when you're younger, when you're first year, second year, as I said, I served on basically all the committees um and dances obviously it's part of it but when you're first year and second year i think it's empowering to do those sort of nitty-gritty stuff because as 19 20 year old sometimes you're afraid to phone people and be like okay we need this or go there and negotiate quotes or whatever but when you're in that sort of committee you just have to do it and the fact that you have to do it is quite empowering because you can't chicken out you just yeah. have to go like you need quotes for the dance you can't not have plates yeah. so um i enjoyed that and then as you grow up um in your race journey you want to become more of a sort of a thought leader and shaping ideas and coming up with ideas but i think reaching that stage is sort of contingent on doing the hard work doing the, the nitty-gritty understanding how the process works uh, because that equips you to move over to more uh, idea shaper yeah. okay that, that makes a lot of sense and i think it's important to hear to a lot of people now because currently like the room point situation is a little weird in in res so there's like less motivation to join a, a lot of committees i mean if if we have to be honest that's one of the reasons you do it um so i think it's it's really important that 
you realize what the actual personal gain from that is as well. Not to be selfish. I mean, you're obviously doing it for res. But I think the amount you learn, I mean, would you say you, you would have been able to be our co-prem if you didn't serve on all of those committees? Definitely not. 100% no. Um, and I think it's not bad to do committees for self-gain. Like, everyone actually acts in their own interest, if, if we're being mm -hmm. honest. Like, I mean... I mean, it is. You're, you're in res and you're there because it's lacquer for you. You play rugby because yeah. it's lacquer for you. Um, and, and that's not bad. Um, but I think it committees is... Serve, serving on committees is super important if you want to go into leadership because that fundamental understanding of how any organization works is important. It's the same reason you can't walk into coca-cola and be like okay i'm the ceo now you need to yeah. work yourself up through the through the ranks or at a comparable firm work yourself up through the ranks yeah. so you understand what's going on below you yeah because th that's the only way you're going to be able to lead a machine is yeah, you have to relate to everyone as yeah. well okay now that makes sense and if you could change one thing about your time in res i mean obviously the number one <laughs> thing would be no covid but um what would it be you think Mm, I think if anything I could have been a little more chilled I think a lot of people would say that about me as well like I was quite not not intense in a sense but I was relatively serious I'm not a super serious person but I was serious about a lot of things um, especially when I was like section hawker as well um, I, I think I was relatively serious and I would okay. have lightened up a little bit because okay. um with the whole COVID situation, you realize how short your time is in a space. Okay. Yeah. Um, so sort of absolutely maximizing that. Mm. No, that makes a lot of sense. But I think also in those scenarios, it's it's better to be like a little bit too serious than be too chilled. Because I, especially in a place like a men's residence, it, things can get off the rails so quickly. So I think when you're there and you're in the moment, then obviously it also makes sense to like make sure everything because you don't want your section to go off the rails because that would be even worse than yeah uh, I, I think saying things like that is also easy in hindsight when you're sort of the man in the arena um, yeah, when I, you're I arc or, or, or when you're prim it sort of feels like you you feel a little bit of pressure i remember mm. when i just became prim that was in the end of my third year um, there were all these anti-gender-based violence marches, um, which is super important and uh, it's really good that it happened and we all need to be more um, responsible and accountable regarding that. But it was quite stressful for me because they obviously went around all the men's residences. Mm. And in that space, like you're really, really serious because you really don't want anything to go wrong because, you know, someone can just say something stupid or... Mm. Like, if there's a crowd shout something... It yeah, people scream stuff all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you're in those situations, I think it's obviously more difficult than to say in hindsight I should have been less yeah. serious. But um, I think it's a good reminder to keep the, the whole time, where, especially if you're in leadership positions, this isn't it. Like, something can go wrong, and if something mm. goes wrong, then it goes wrong. Um, and then... We learn from that and we move on and we improve instead of being sort of super perfectionist that nothing can go wrong at all. Um, I think sort of mm. just relaxing yourself, being gentle with yourself. Okay, well that's cool. Um, so in Stellenbosch as a whole or in residence, what, what progressive change would you like to see or what progressive change do you think needs to happen if you want to chat about that? Yo, um, 
That's, that, that's quite difficult. I'm going to try to limit it to res, um, because I think the broader Stellenbosch community is quite, it, it, it's sort of out of our reach. Yeah. We, we can try to um, influence change there, but we can't necessarily. Um, I think res, it's difficult because you have people from a lot of different backgrounds that have a lot of different interests and are comfortable with a lot of different things. So if... <laughs> Obviously, the goal of leadership is to create a space where everyone is comfortable in, in that space doing wh whatever. Um, so if, if, if I could have one thing, it's to create a space where everyone is absolutely comfortable. Mm. Whether that is attainable, I'm not sure. Um, because obviously, if you make one person more comfortable, yeah. sometimes you'll make another person less comfortable. Mm. Um, it's like whether, a little bit of a pendulum yeah, effect. Whether, yeah, where, whether that feeling of uncomfort is justified or not um it it, it happens so it, it's quite difficult to, to to do that but if i could change anything that okay would probably be it. and then yeah more on a personal level and where you're at now um on your personal studies did you know what you wanted to do with your studies specifically when you chose what you studied or not um well when i chose what i wanted to study yes i wanted to become a lawyer so i did become law um finished that then i had like a bit of a mid-study crisis <laughs> when I finished my degree, decided, no, I don't want to do law anymore. I want to do economics. So I enrolled for honors in economics, did the whole sort of pre-course course, course um, during welcoming in 2020 while I was prim. It was wild. Yo, I can imagine it was that's wild. next level. Yo. And then, I mean, I got the first mark back of the first maths test we wrote and I was like, no, I'm not <laughs> going to do this anymore. Um, and then I went back to law and now I'm super happy. Um, so okay. I think everything worked out as it should. Um, that, that's where I think being prim was good for me because if I wasn't prim, I probably would have persevered uh, okay, doing yeah. economics honors. And then I was like, no, I actually want to enjoy welcoming. So I'm just going to yeah, ask this and study something okay. else. No, that makes sense. So, um, so you're still studying now at the moment this year, right? Yeah. Okay. And then what's the next step for you? I mean, what do you want to do in the next five years? If, uh, if yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, I finished my BCom Law, as I said, in 2019. Then I started with my postgrad LLB um, after my brief foray into economics. <laughs> um, and then I'm finishing at the end of this year. So end of 2021, I'm finishing. Um, signed to do my articles, my practical vocational training, as they call it in Pretoria, which is an exciting and Especially slightly, for law, yeah, that's yeah, okay. and slightly daunting adventure. So we're going there, going to see how it is. And then that's obviously two years. And then I think I'll reassess, try to see where I want to go. Um, I think I want to come back to the Western Cape at some stage, okay. whether that's in two years or five years or 10 years, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, that's sort of where I'm at. So if you want to come back to the Western Cape, I assume you see like your direct future in South Africa, obviously with law, especially it's quite hard to go overseas, but, um, would you want to try that at a stage or, um, definitely long-term I want to be in South Africa. I think South Africa is a space where you can really make a difference. Um, mm. and we need people, especially people with qualifications and people with insight to stay in South Africa to make a difference here because we have the potential to be one of the world leaders, definitely a leader on the African continent and possibly one of the big players in the world as a representative of Africa. So I think that's, we have enormous potential. I would encourage anyone to stay. So long term, yes, I want to stay here. In the relative short to medium term, um, I might 
want to do something overseas at some stage. Um, it's relatively difficult to go overseas with law, but there are some jurisdictions where it's less like difficult. Yeah, oh. Wales, England, Ireland, all of those okay. jurisdictions, we share a lot of heritage with them. Okay. So that's not impossible. So maybe. Okay. Um, yeah, so what I, I wanted to say now, um, in South Africa as a whole, do you think like there's a there's a like you said a big future, but is it going to take quite a long time for us to to get there? I know you 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 love the politics and and like your opinions on that. So do you think we're in a space where we're moving forward now, or do you think there still is a lot that needs to happen? Yeah, um, I don't think it needs to take such a long time. Um, it's obviously we have regressed a little bit under former President Zuma. Um, don't know if I can say two political things, but uh, just just economically, we we, we regressed, if, if nothing else. Um, I think we we are on the up. Um, obviously, there are some asterisks that go with everything, and yeah. nothing is perfect. But I think we we are on the up, and if we can convince enough people with qualifications and with good intentions to stay in South Africa and to enter the sphere when you, where you can make a difference. I think that's the way forward. It doesn't need to take forever. If you look at New Zealand, New Zealand is one of the most wealthy countries now and best run and whatever. In the 1980s, they were a poor country um, and then they turned it around. Estonia had a lower GDP per capita than South Africa in 1994. Their GDP per capita is now five times ours sure. just through good governance and good and leadership and... Good leadership and sort of stimulating the economy and getting that going. So I don't think it needs to take forever. It can definitely still be in our lifetimes that we okay. are a powerhouse on the continent and in the world. Okay. Um, so you're still studying this year, but do you spend more time on your studies or more time on your Instagram stories? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. And how do you come up with them? <laughs> um, so out of res, obviously you have a lot more time as I've learned. Um, <laughs> The Instagram stories, I think, started last year as just sort of keeping myself entertained because I was very bored. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think it, it just carried on. Um, I go through stages where I make a lot and then I don't make any, um, just sort of the ebbs and oh. flows of the world. Um, I, I really enjoy making them. Uh, it's, yeah. it's more for me than for anyone else. No, it, but it's, it's like it, it's like <laughs> News 24 light. Like I know what's going on. <laughs> it, it, it's more for my own amusement or, or my own sanity than, than <laughs> for anything else. Um, so I, re I really enjoy that. Um, on studies, what I would like to say sort of tying in with the whole committee thing, I would really encourage anyone in res to get involved with a lot of things because what I've seen outside of res is that I don't spend dramatically more time on my studies. There's sort of a finite amount that you can spend mm. per day. Obviously, don't go care every night. and yeah. <laughs> Don't do that, obviously. But get involved with things because you think, okay, if I'm doing nothing, my schedule's going to be clean. I'm going to do so much yeah. academic work. And you just simply don't. You Make Instagram stories. Yeah, you make Instagram <laughs> stories or you, I mean, I've, I'm like a total cricket nut now. I know every yeah. statistic and I watch every yeah, game. Yeah, and then they would have like a sport page now. I saw that. Yes, yeah. it, so it, it's just sort of, uh, yeah, I would encourage anyone still in race, get involved with things, do things, because you think if you clear your schedule, you're going to have a lot of time. And actually, you don't have that much more time. Um, yeah. Okay, no, that makes sense. Um, so, who was your Oman and was he a lucky guy? 
Yo, that's such a loaded question coming from you. Um, but I mean, you already said you wanted to go to Dagbrek. So um, so my Oman was your brother, Benjamin. Um, very lucky guy. Um, he was the editor of the virus. Um, and then he made me editor of the virus. So I can thank him for that. Um, yeah, no, he was a super lucky guy. I really enjoyed yeah. Benjamin's company. And then uh, we always finish with this question. I want to know, Burger Fridays or Snitchell Wednesdays? Oof. Snitchell, easy. That's okay, the, that's well, not even difficult. Be, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, any last thoughts before we, we finish off? Anything you want to say to the house? Or I mean, I I just want to encourage anyone that that's here to make the most of your time to to really try to enjoy every second that you have here because when you leave, you realize how short it was mm. and how stupid you were for lying in your room when there was something cool going mm. on in the quad. Um, and for first years who are here now, stay because you're getting the light mm. experience now mm. with COVID. When this passes, and it will pass relatively soon, you're going to have a hell of a lucky time here yeah. um, when things like Derby start up again and all those sort of extramural activities as well. That's what makes this place awesome. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Alton. It was so great to have you on. Thank um, you for having me. Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of Under the Yakarana. We'll check you guys next week. Once again, thank you so much to our production team. You're doing the most. And uh, yo, cheers. We'll see you next week.